Welcome to the Board Game Workshop. I'm your host, Chris Anderson. Uh, this episode was recorded during Metatopia at a restaurant, so the audio quality is not great. We are recorded on one end of a table with 13 people, so we get a lot of talking in the background, and there are also a bunch of kids playing on the other side of the room, and eventually they start playing some musical instruments, so it's, it's a little muddy. But it's an interesting conversation, so hope you enjoy it. Velociraptors fighting zombies is completely overdone. Yeah. I don't even know why I bought it. It doesn't even... I mean, obviously we've all played those board games yeah. before. Right. I mean, maybe you could try to do something new. I don't know. I just saw that there's something on Kickstarter right now with a... Uh, game looks like something I don't want to play, but it has all of these uh, dinosaur meeples. And I'm like... Damn, all the dinosaur And it's got like little like uh, fences to build around them that look like uh, the dinosaur island. I think. No, no, like, no, it's I, not no, dinosaur. Dino genetics. Dino genetics. Or dino genetics. Dino genetics. That's what it's called. It has the little fences that look like the you know Jurassic Park. It's a very well done piece of meepleage. Shoot, meepleage. So, so, Doug, you just want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, I'm Doug Levandowski. I'm a board game, card game, and role-playing game designer from New Jersey. And when I'm not designing games, I am being a high school English teacher, which is the best job I've ever had. Cool. Tim? Tim Mike. I am a game designer from Boston. When I'm not designing board games, I am sending out tuition bills to students at a college and watching them cry when they receive them. That's you for real. And fielding nonsensical emails. And Chris? I'm Chris O'Neill. Uh, I am a game designer, primarily a role-playing game designer, but I have also designed some card games. And we have some other weirdo games. Uh, we have a Kickstarter going on right now. Uh, it's an anthology of uh, role-playing and story games. And when I'm not designing board games and other things. Uh, I do enterprise software. Uh, actually, my job these days is actually talking to people about robots. That's like not a lie. Like I actually sit down and it's like talk to executives and like, hey guys, robots are coming to take your jobs. Like for real. The executives' jobs, or the uh, no, no, like the people that do do work. So the executives still get to. So yeah, the executives. So how do we hire them? Fine. How do we hire those robots? <laughs> how do we get them robots? That's, that's what my job is. Hey, man, I need some robots. Normally, it's just like they're like, "Yo, go get us some robots," which, which is very difficult. Do you name them? And then you know what's really funny in the in the world of software robots, naming the robot is a huge thing. Really, like trying to give the robots names and you understand what the robot does. Like Bob from HR is actually like a robot you can buy, and then you get rid of somebody in your HR department. Does he do your data entry and your reports? Yes, Bob does. So how has Metatopia been so far? What has anyone done? Uh, so I just finished um, a high-test playtest of uh, my new game called Issues, which is a the continuity building game, uh, a comic book continuity building game, and it was really good. It was a high-test. Uh, uh, Jason from uh, Indie Game Alliance and uh, uh, Cam Banks from Atlas uh, and a couple of other guys that were just really into it. It went really, really well. Um, and I did a bunch of panels, uh, listened to... Uh, uh, 
listened to panels and I played in a, an odd played in an odd social deduction role playing game earlier. Um, so I've been playing games because that's what we do. Um, I just got out of two games uh, that Peter and Nicole from Jelly Bean Games were playtesting. One of them is um, based on tangrams. Um, it was designed by uh, Isaac Shalev and Matt Loomis. Oh, I've played that game. Yeah, it was a lot of fun, and um, we discovered I'm insanely good at making things out of tangrams. Um, I don't know how I can market that Thank skill you. into a profession, but um, ten grammar. I will. Yeah, I am a ten grammar. Ten Ten, ten, ten grammaticals. Uh, ten grammaticals. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think oh. we're good. Um, so that was that was a lot of fun. Um, pretty, pretty easy one there. And um, right before that, I played a game that was. A new experience for me. It was not quite an RPG, but you were telling a story, so you could act as your character, but you could also just narrate. Um, and this a story was, game, as we like to call them. Yeah, yeah, but you didn't necessarily have to tell the story. Um, it was more of kind of you're creating this TV show or this movie, and you have to talk about what's going on. You could act as your character. If you if that felt better. Um, and someone had been murdered, and anyone could have been the murderer, and then in the end, you find out who it is. Uh, I played just a bunch of different games. Uh, just got out of a great, great, great test of uh, Simple Machines, which is a illustration pitching party game that I'm working on. Uh, had some serious changes, like during the course of the playtest, uh, and like really, really excited with the direction it took. Um, played a game called Sword of the Kings, which is a dungeon building game where you're trying to work your way to a dragon, um, which is a really cool concept. Um, yeah, Nemo. I've never heard of a game like that ever. It's like that Velociraptors versus me. It had neat mechanics. Um, so you mean you go underground into a uh, a labyrinth where there is a dragon? Yes. Interesting. Yes. Do you roll dice that have swords on? Uh, you do not. Oh, you do not. No. Um, it's like a tableau building, um, and there's some nice like screwery of your opponents. Um, screwery. Screwery. I don't know how. I don't know what the rating is on this podcast. Take that enos. Yeah. yeah. Take that Because that's a much better term than screwery. I, I call that shenanigans. Four of the cheese and beans, and four of the just cheese. That's a lot. That's not a lot. Cut that in half. Can I have two of the mixed stuff? One ballet dance. Let's do it. Yes. So how big is it? Can I get uh? You'll see, it would be a lot. Yeah, it'd be a lot. It would be like a stack, a giant stack of pancakes that that are made out of corn tortilla and cheese. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bean and cheese, and then um, the vine flour and cheese. One of those. Is it is it normal for the podcast to uh, a, have a uh, breakdown while you while you order food? No, no. Uh, but it does have breakdowns. <laughs> Last two I recorded, we had to take a 
James actually got booted because I joined them online, and everyone just kicked, kicked off and had to like redo it. And the editing was amazing. Yeah, but I did a podcast earlier this morning. Two in a day. Two in a day. I did Jeff Stormer's podcast this morning. Party of One. I've heard the name. Jeff runs a podcast, and the idea of the podcast is Jeff and another player sit down to play a role playing game on a one to one game. So one of our so huh? I would do the hell out of that. Uh, so yeah, we did uh, we did uh, one of our new games, which is called. Uh, uh, did you hear about the kid who died here? Which is specifically a one to one game that Jeff and I. I've been trying to kill Jeff with this game for 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 weeks and weeks and weeks, and so finally we recorded it this morning. It was we'll be out on Tuesday. Can we play that tonight? Yeah. Okay. Um, I have a. Uh, I have a panel that I'm doing at 8 and a playing Glenn's game at 10. Wait, you on my panel? I don't know who's on my panel. It's me and Darren. I don't think you're on. Okay. We're talking about uh, getting over the fear of putting stuff out there. Like, so I think the joke, uh, Heather made the joke that uh, Darren Darren wants me to make this game issue so bad that he put me on a panel called Just Put It Out There because he just wants <laughs> Copy of it because I keep talking about like the game's not ready yet, even though everyone's like, I love this game, it's like it's not ready yet. How much has it changed since last night? A lot. It's, it's, it's all hard to It's not really. really. So we had It's about comic book issues. It's issues. Exclamation point. Oh. You put an exclamation point at the end of all your games? We do. I mean, we really do. We should usually have three exclamation points. That gets it Some of them do. So, I mean, Cobalt's my baby does. Schrodinger's like, cat. Schrodinger's cat does not have a natural. Neither does 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 Neither so give us the rundown of what your panel is going to do. As far as I know, it is uh, it is uh, Darren Watts, myself, and someone else. And Darren is going to lead the conversation to be about uh, you know helping people get over that fear of like getting your game out there, which is like such a for a lot of people they never want to let it go. They just want to keep you know holding on to that piece, and it's time to it's time to push your bird out of the nest. But I mean, like I personally, I've, I've put a lot of games out there, you know. So like my fear issue isn't about you know games in general. It, it is this one specifically, like my little baby. I think the really one issue issues issues has the potential to be the game that people will be like, oh. Okay. Chris O'Neill, he's the guy that made issues. Which is different than Chris O'Neill, the guy that made Cobalt Take My Baby. Yeah. Or at least the third edition. Oh, okay. Yeah, so 
least at least an addition in the future needs to be because people keep saying they're like just put it out there. I'm like that. I created issues and then put issues out there for everyone. Now everyone has issues because of Chris O'Neill. That's what I want. I got a test in of pie people. It was the first test ever. And it went surprisingly well. It actually worked all the way to the end of the game. Social deduction. People can become pods. And you can make other people pods. So like peas in a pod? Sure, like peas in a pod. Or more like body snatchers. I did not stick peas inside of people. You put the peas down. Only kind of pod people I want to play You put the peas down and then everyone has to lay down on them. Yeah. Like little green like balls. You just a game that's called Pod People that is everyone is given like a plastic like a giant plastic pig yes. and then you have green balls and other colored balls that you shove it's in inside of them yeah. marble. but it's a secret deduction game you know I'm, I'm all about that I would make that game right now and it works. Yeah. Pod people. Right, and as you roll the marbles around, like they have different kind of faces, like they can be angry. Can be, how do they just all green marbles? Because they just have faces. It's like, you know, happy, happy, sad. It's like, ooh, I'm a happy pig. Okay. It's good. How big is your pig? I gotta figure that out. Have a long pig. You know. No, it's not the length of the feet. It's how well you pop. No, no, no. Okay, no. Let's edit that part. No, just let go. Edit that. This is editing a lot. I think it might stay. It's a lot of work editing. No, so your panel is fixing and getting post socks. We're doing a panel on building game design community. Oh yeah, yeah. We're gonna do a panel. The reverse panel that is packed. We're gonna do building playtesting community. Well, so that's yeah, yeah. Game design playtesting. When you said reverse panel, I thought like you set up an audience that tells you how to do something. I would love one person goes in the room. I would super love to sit in a panel. But here's the thing: is the entire audience has to sit up on the stage. Yeah, one person sits down, and there's an audience of flyers just sitting. Okay, talk to us about this. No, but the the first piece of advice that we're throwing out there for building. Yeah, you just gotta do it. You know, it's funny. I personally, you know, I'm, I'm a huge fan of giving people uh, advice that I don't follow myself. Um, like, number one thing for me always is like, you know, you have to take something, you have to just edit down, right? Like, start with whatever you're doing and cut to the bone, right? So, cutting to the bone, uh, I, I am. That's one of the things that I always follow. So, just getting it out there, like saying it's done, it's good enough. I'm so bad at. I'm so bad at it. Well, My partners can, are like, it's fine. And I'm like, it's just not. Let's do a little more. You can iterate a game 15 times, and all 15 of those iterations can be good. They all could have been good enough. And you can put them out there. Like, but not even necessarily good enough. Just They could be good. They could be their own game. You just need to make a decision of which of those iterations are going to be purchased. And that, I think, is what paralyzes. Well, I could have thrown these cards in, and I don't know if I want to or not. It's still a good game with them or without. 
about it on you. I was wondering. That's why deadlines are so great. That's why deadlines are so great. Love publishers. Love deadlines. Done on Friday. But also being like super clear about like what you want the experience to be with the game, and then pushing towards that, it changes what you're going to do. Like it could be this, it could be that, but if you were clear about the why, the purpose. I think every designer gets to that point with their game where every change that they make is just a change that's like, alright, it's just a change to the game. It didn't add something, it doesn't take anything away, it's just different. And, and that's when you print it. As you print, which of those changes do you Any of them, it doesn't matter. I do have the problem that I am both the designer and the publisher. So, I mean, you force yourself to do it. Right. Yeah, so I have to have some outside help. So Just put a dart in your calendar. That's what I have Heather for. If only there were like conventions you can go to and show off your game to people and get their feedback. That would be great. And then when people tell you to publish it, that means it's done. Kickstarter's been good for that, actually, though. It's like, you know, you commit to the fact and it's like, okay, we're going to do the Kickstarter at this point, so we need to have these things done. And that's when we're going to go because now we've committed to a deadline. And a deadline is a great, an artificially or an arbitrary deadline. Deadline is not something I can I just, my brain's like, that deadline was arbitrary. It was made up. You could walk away from that. But if you publish it and you put it out there. Yeah, if I put out, hey, would you like to buy a copy of this in the future? And someone gives me money, it's like, oh, I'm going to make that thing. <laughs> Oops. Yeah, just do pre-orders before you finish design. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm just going to do from now on. They will make you finish. They will. Yeah. So there's a lot of so many games on Kickstarter. <laughs> so many. What games are you showing? Dead? I'm showing off uh, Kids on Bikes, which is uh, RPG I'm working on with John Gilmore. Uh, showing off Great Aunt Gertie's Attic, it's a real time um, trading game. Yeah, uh, you have three minutes to swap items and collect sets. Uh, like Pit? A little bit like Pit. Is there a bell? No. But it's not like Pit. Come on, Doug. Pit just is the bell. So, like, everyone has said that. I had never played Pit when I designed this game. And I came home and told my wife about it. And she was like, Oh, so you designed Pit? Pit. And I was like, what? Damn it. Hey, but then we played Pit, and I was like, no, this is not, this is not the same. I designed lanterns almost mechanic to mechanic, and then played it back and brought it to an unpub, and everyone's like, oh, this is just like lanterns. I'm like, what game is It's a really good game. It just came out. And this is about Chinese lanterns in the ocean instead of kids collecting ingredients for a witch's potion in the middle of the woods. Totally different. Yeah. This is like the worst. You have the holiday crowd. Yeah. Maybe I should pitch that to Fox Shout and Renegade. Last night, they want to do <laughs> Expansion. <laughs> and uh, Simple Machines, which we've talked about before. And uh, a couple, uh, one expansion for Fires that Tim Mattis and I are working on. That's a lot of games. Yeah, it's probably too many. Two pictures that are taking. I'd be happy to play with you anytime. Yeah, it's a two-player game. Yeah, it's a two-player game, and it'll take 15 minutes to win conditions. So you fulfill memos, and once you fulfill a certain number of memos that we need to figure out what that number is, you you win instead of firing the opponent. You can still fire the opponent. 
you can still fire the opponent's boss. I said nothing back. And then a couple panels. I'm on a panel on imposter syndrome. And I would wear No, it's OS. He's the only designer that I've seen be really out there about imposter syndrome. Oh, no, Nicole Nicole Amato, Klein Amato, is super all about it. Well, no, I know she is, but JR, I've heard you have a lot of contests talking about it. No, Kiva Pekoba just together. Okay. I like Kiva. I do too. She's super cool. Yeah. I'm on it as to like, how do you help people get through imposter syndrome? Because I more or less don't have it. Um, I super don't have it. I'm narcissistic as hell. I, uh, I'm, I'm super convinced that I'm the smartest person everywhere I go. I don't I have imposter syndrome. There are other words for that. There are. See, I'm on that as the like, hey, how do you help people like talk you through kind of thing? Because uh, a couple people in my life have, have it pretty significant. Uh, there are a lot of people in the games industry, especially because of the culture. You know, there are a lot of people that just are very introverted. And I think that's just part of that. It's that fear of putting it out there. And no one's going to like it. You know, you know, it's funny in the if you're you know if you're like me, fake it till you make it. It's like you know a standard kind of thing. But right, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, is like fake it till you make it. Like the imposter syndrome is like, but I'm faking it. It's like, no, you're making it. No, I'm faking it. You're making it. But I think they can Five years later. You can have imposter syndrome and still push through it and fake it till you make it. Oh, absolutely. It's just very hard. You can also be totally subject to imposter syndrome and, and be a narcissist. <laughs> I, I keep trying to stop. I'm like, I'm like, I don't think I should be cursing. But it's a question of like, when are you no longer faking it, right? Like, absolutely. When I first started designing games, like, I was faking it. I didn't quite realize that I was faking it because of like Dunning Kruger syndrome. But like, now looking back, I'm like, oh, okay. But we live in the world of Dunning Kruger. It's right. Dunning Kruger is life. Like, I found out about that three years ago. I was like, oh shit, that explains everything. Oh, what is Dunning Kruger? Would you like to explain that? Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, so it's like such a part of my life. And I just assume people know it. Um, so it's the idea that people who have very limited experience in something think that they have, that they're very good at that thing and then as they get more experience hand gestures won't help so I won't do them um, as they get Just more experience you know, right they suddenly like there's Mount Stupid which is like I know very little about this but like yo I'm an expert and then like you find out a little bit more and you're like oh god I know nothing the more you know the more you don't know right the more you know you don't know right but then there's also like what I tell my students is like the slope of hope like as you start to figure things out you're like okay I actually know this and this and this I don't still know this, but you always know more than those people who are like, yo, I know everything, I got this. But Dunning and Kruger did like, uh, they, they did all these uh, studies, and what they found was uh, the people with the least amount of information tend to think they, they are the best at what they do. So like, if you say like, oh, well, I'm an expert at, at you know, like, we've all done this, right? Like, I'm a Kickstarter expert. I'm a Kickstarter expert. No, no, my favorite, like, is when you meet someone and they're like, oh, man, I heard you're into board games. I'm the greatest board game player you know. I own six board games. Have you heard of Sorry? <laughs> right. Have you heard of 
Settlers of Catan. And it's like, yeah, dude. I have newest best game. I got. I just got the Seafarers expansion. Right. That's that. I mean, that's like that's that's the reality. Yes, that's the world that we live in. That's why I said we live in the world of Stunning Leave your political opinions at home. We can all agree that he who knows the least will talk the most about what they know. But the thing is, is I mean, it's super, super, super real. Naturals. Uh, which is a thing that we don't talk about in the games industry. Uh, we, we talk a lot about self-help. We should talk a lot more about the fact that like, there's a lot of people that just talk and it's like, you know nothing! Shut up! I would like to yell, shut up. The ones who know are the ones who don't say Yeah. They're like, okay, we'll let you play. Right, and, I mean, that gets back to that idea of imposter syndrome, right? Like, and then you have people, once they know enough, then they suddenly start like talking about it again. Like, those are the people listening to But really, it's the people who are like, someone tells them, like, hey, I'm putting you on this panel because you know about this. And they're like, ah, I'll say what I know, but it's not a lot. It goes to the people you want to listen to. The other, the other side of that coin is, and this is part of the Dunning-Kruger information, but it's got a different name, which is uh, Americans especially are real bad at this. Uh, transitive knowledge, right? Like, we're like, oh, you're a doctor, so you must know everything. And it's like, no, you're an expert in subject X. You are Because you're an expert in subject X does not mean you're an expert in Y, Z, A, Z, or Z. I'm a dermatologist. I can't tell you shit about your kidneys. You know, I, I, you know, doctor, can you do my taxes? <laughs> I went to a panel this morning about taxes for game design. Oh, yeah, so I wanted to go to that one. No, hers was about the business side of game design. That's tomorrow night. to be an accountant. Yes. I would leave the We're talking about Marie Poole, who is the president of Lone Shark. She is super smart. Yeah, she's running a panel on... Heather, Heather, when is when is Marie's panel? Is it tomorrow? Tomorrow at four. Yeah, but if there's like a handkerchief yeah. on the door, so that should be real good. Uh, so if people are listening to the podcast and are like, you know, we kind of got off base about what Metatopia is. Metatopia is interesting in the fact for me that it has a bunch of panels that people actually go to, um, uh, and the panels tend to be far more. Laser focus, in depth. Yeah. yeah, like you know, pick a pick a pick a topic and go deep. I, I happen to think there's too many panels um, because you just can't you can't go to all of them. I wish there was a little more curation um, and, and a little more prep work ahead of time because. I, so, but I mean, that's just you just have to decide which ones are most important to you that year because we're going to come back next year and a lot of those topics are going to be covered. Well, they very did, and they did a nice thing this year where they tried to say okay there's some evergreen topics that we need like there's always going to be like how do I get into the publishing business blah 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 because it's always a new guy how do I run a successful well, um, Heather Heather JR um, or Heather uh, yeah Heather JR Gill and uh, from six uh, the store the retailer uh, 
I forget her name. I missed the first half. They, they did it. They did one this morning on playtesting. It's really important. It's a really good place to start. Like so, Metatopia Friday morning. Oh, I'm new to this. There was a whole lot of people in the room because they were like, Oh, I don't really know what you want from me, right? You know, so I mean, like those. But you know, there needs to be. There's a lot of panels that I think are just the same panel. I would like to see some. Oh yeah. I would like to see some. What I'm doing is I'm building game design. There are two of them. It's just we called it a little different. Ours is a different type. There was one that was earlier today, and I think that one was actually called building game design. And ours is like trends in game design. But it's all going to be the same information. But with that said, though, there is something to say about having the same topic presented by two different groups of people. Because you might get two different, two completely different things at different times. Because I did not go to anything at 9 a.m. I would but I, I would rather that the people that all want to talk about that get together and talk about it beforehand and then do one panel. Because I can't be in two places at one time. Oh, well, I mean, I can. Because that's how narcissistic I am. I completely believe that I am capable of temporal translocation of my corpus. Uh, I have hardcore temporal translocation imposter syndrome. I don't think I can do it. I can, I can barely be in one place at one time. I'm that lazy. It's really hard for me to be present. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Look me in the eyes, Dan. Yes, you Do we need your daily affirmation? I'm good enough, and I'm smart enough. You all got it. And people like it. All those things are probably twice at the same time. Yeah. If you can split yourself in half and go to two panels at the same time, you don't Jamie Madrox style. You don't split yourself in half. You just go to both of them at the same time. It's very easy. So I was having a conversation with my therapist. This is apropos. I promise. Is it about Jamie Madrox? It is. Oh. And he was like, Brad. and I was like, because I was thinking like, if I could have one superpower, you know what it would be? And he said, the ability to actually say no to things. And I was like, oh, that's super real. But no, I'd be to split myself in two. He's like, go with the no thing. You should have said I would have said no to that, but I don't have that power. Yeah, so, so. You literally said no to him when he said that. Oh, I'm not that clever. Ah, uh, Jamie Madrox, the multiple man. Uh, in the DC universe, the same character is a bad person named Multiflex. It's the exact same character. He just happens to be a bad guy. Yeah, Nerd. <laughs> um, so the panels. That's one thing I like about the panels. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the bigger conventions, you will get very surface level. How to be a board game? 
trends and boomerangs in in But those 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 topics, it's like if you go to Origin Gen Con or something, and you go to the how to be a board game designer, that's for a person who has no idea. Exactly, and that's this is not a con- convention in that sense. And, and I agree, right? Because here we can actually have a conversation, like, hey, stop maybe, making debt builders. Maybe you should pay taxes. <laughs> or this, actually, the panel I went to today should have actually been called. Yes, I read that is income from Kickstarter. And other myths, like you know, like yeah, which is, which is, which is interesting. Yeah, no, I would love a panel called No More Deck Builders. That would be great. And then no, no, more out, no, no more deck builders. But the outcome of it is everyone's like, but I have this great idea for a deck builder. As the whole Q&A portion. So what about a deck builder that is in space with trains? What if the deck is in a bag? What if there was a row in the middle that both people drew from and it changed? That's Star Realms. Right, but this has six cards in it. And Star Realms. So these are different types of spaceships. Four different types? Five. Alright, this is it. We're, we're good, guys. They're yellow, green, red. Never played the game. Star Realms is good. Not, I would say not just fine. I've been playing for like four years. It's fine. I still think mm. It's got this nice little star. I think it's great. The app's good, too. The app, the app, yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. You can play it for free. There's no reason not to play Star Wars. There is literally no reason to not download the base set on your phone and play it a couple times. It's fun. So I heard about that. I was at Gen Con, hanging out with JR, and there were friends of mine who were running a Kickstarter that was not doing so well. And I was like, hey, you should talk to this guy, because he seems to know everything. It was like the first time I met JR, before I knew, like, he didn't know anything. No, I, I love you, JR. JR Honeycutt, you know nothing. <laughs> JR Honeycutt. Imposter! You know a lot of things about a lot of things. Imposter! Stop. Um, and so his conversation with them was, you can't charge more than $15 for this game, because this game called Star Realms exists, that is only $15. Yeah, and they're wrong. The fact that Star Realms is $15 is dumb. I spent about 200 on Star Realms. I agree with that. I have every expansion for that game, because I was like, I only spent $15. I went all in on the Kickstarter that they recently did. Yeah, me too. $109. I had bought a bunch of Stuff, so I think that's something that sounds right. Which I think turned around to yeah. $109 on Starbucks. I wouldn't buy the game, but I do like the app. I do like the app. We should trade app names after this. There are a lot of games that have apps um, that I think the app just gives it a bunch of good experience. I love any game that you playing a game on the table. But counting those points at the end of Carcassonne, I love just hitting them up. I actually enjoy Patchwork a little more because of the spatial element to it. Yeah. I like actually being able to manipulate those pieces. I get what I see better at Patchwork because I can see it better in plan head. Yeah. It take a day to do a move. Patchwork does give you a chance that here's how many points you currently have, which I like. Yeah. Yeah, Gil Hova and I play Patchwork like one move a day, and it's been fantastic. Um, and I played it like for the first time in real life, actually, and was like, huh, this is like a really different experience. It is, but I do. It just seems like an accident. There's an accordion going on in the background, right? 
Accordions are very large and they have buttons. That is a concertina. Words have meaning. Use your words. Words mean things. Pride accuracy on this podcast. They're talking about the fact that we're in an Ecuadorian restaurant having a conversation, and there's about a million kids playing with Tonka trucks and footloose footloose whenever they get here. This is not an I'm not. Chris was trying to order and, uh, and, and the wait staff, the wait staff looked at him and were like, "You are not that big." <laughs> we would let you if you were an ape papusa kind of frame, but you are not. You're not an ape papusa man. How am I gonna get there if I don't try? That's you're right. Imposter. <laughs> start, start with four. See how that. Bake it till you make it. Bake it till you make it. This is my first bit of joke. Is not any of yours. <laughs> this is my third. Yes. Like there would have to be some sort of payoff. My second, third, or fourth? Yeah. Probably fourth. Yeah. So besides Tim's recommendation of I shouldn't cook myself like I did, any suggestions? You have too many, uh, too many things. Constantly. Yeah. Ten to midnight every day. Just talk to people. Have conversations with people. It's, you posted this on Facebook to me like, oh my god, it's Metatopia. We're going to conversations. Talk to people. Right. Uh, that's because like. Uh, so I'm not a morning person. I, I, I hate I hate morning. I hate getting up. But I had to get up because I wanted to watch him. And like I was up and it was early and I was walking around the hotel lobby and it was like nine o'clock and I was like, oh, I literally know everyone in this hotel. Hello, 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 hi Ann, hi Jeff, hi Larry, blah blah blah. And, and that's really it's really great. There's nothing. There's no other convention experience. I mean, and it's grown up a uh, but it still feels like, you know, we're all here. Uh, I think having a conversation here is just as important. Don't be afraid to walk up to someone and talk to them. Yes. They're here for that reason. Ted Height told me years ago, he was like, you should be going to Metatopia, and I wasn't. And then, like, when I first came, he was like, see, I told you. Uh, but his thing was, it's like, it's the only convention where you can be sitting at the bar, having an in-depth conversation about some kind of, like, deeply super nerd topic, and you can turn around, and instead of apologizing to the person next to you, just be like, so what do you think? And they're like, oh, well, I mean, here's my feeling. Well, I'm James Ernest, and I think that's yeah, one of the downsides is I booked too late, so I'm down. Actually, I'm next town over at the other read the highest. Yeah, you guys want to hear something? That's awful. It is awful. Uh, a little, a little bit like that way. Yeah, it's the Hyatt House. Like, oh yeah, like the suites. Yeah, that's right. It's a nice place. It is not here. No, it is not. All right, so to shut up, we're gonna cut this short. Thank you all for joining me and enjoy Minnesota. Thank you. Thank you. That does it for this episode. Uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at BlueQBGS. You can follow the show on Twitter at the BG Workshop. And you can find the show notes at theboardgameworkshop.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.